0: Welcome to the Landmark Podcast. I'm Jason Calhoun, pastor of Landmark Pentecostal Church in Texarkana, Texas. We encourage you to visit us on the web at landmarkupc.net for a schedule of services and upcoming events. We pray that you are blessed by the message today. Thank you again for listening. Go with me to the book of Acts, chapter number 10 book of Acts chapter number 10. I'll begin reading with verse 1. And there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. And he saw... In a vision, evidently, about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming into him, saying unto him, Cornelius. And when he had looked upon him, or on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thy alms are come up for a memorial before God. Now send to Joppa and call for one Simon whose surname is Peter. Verse 4 said, Thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God. And I know this is familiar territory for most of us that uh, have been around the church. But I, I want to give you a revelation that I feel like that the Lord is placed upon my heart and something that God has shown me through this. And I just want to preach for just a few minutes here tonight. And I believe we're going to see a breakthrough here at the conclusion of this service that is not just going to be momentary. It's not just going to be for this service tonight. But I really sincerely believe if we'll obey the Holy Ghost. How many wants to obey the Holy Ghost? If we'll obey the Holy Ghost, some things are going to be opened up that we've been needing the Lord to open up and we've been needing the Lord to work in. And I just want to preach for the next few moments a winning combination, a winning combination. Would you lift up your hands once again? Let's thank Him first of all for what He's already done in this service. And then let's pray together that He would anoint the remainder of this service and help us to receive all that He has in store for us. God, I thank You, Jesus for your spirit moving the work of the Holy Ghost that we have experienced in this place already. I thank you, God, for ministering and having your way and touching lives here. I'm praying, God, your power, your glory to come down the conclusion of this. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it. We thank you for it. Would you clap your hands to the Lord? Praise God. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. We know that the building of memorials is a method that our nation or cultures of people use oftentimes to honor their history, and uh, and it's a way that they use to stay connected to their past. Many of you have probably had the privilege of uh, visiting the Washington Mall in our nation's capital And seeing the various memorials that are there, from past presidents to national leaders, movement leaders, are recognized there. Also there is the war memorials. Several of them uh, are there, and people are able to stop by and able to remember the sacrifices, the commitments, and the courage of the past. But uh, the reason why they do this is not just so that we can remember history and not just so that we can honor people's bravery and sacrifice, but it's so that future generations will not forget. They will have some connection to their heritage. And these statues, these monuments, these memorials are built for that purpose. We look into the Scripture, we find that the Bible also has its share of memorials. And I certainly will not be able to mention them all tonight. But you can look all the way back in the book of Beginnings, the book of Genesis, and you can find that there is memorials that were there that were built unto the Lord. And each one of these memorials have a significance not only for that moment, but it offers something to you and I that we need to remember about our God. For instance, in Genesis chapter number 12, the Lord had just finished calling Abram, not, a, not yet Abraham at this time, but Abram, he would called him out of the air of the Chaldees, and the scripture says that he was brought out And he was seeking and looking for a city whose builder and maker was God. And he was following in faith after the things of God. There was nothing tangible. It was not a city that he had saw. It was not a promise that he already had in hand. It was just following the command and the word of the Lord. And one of the things that he immediately did when he got to a certain point The scripture says that he built an altar. And we know that there are several instances where he built altars. But this one in particular, he built an altar in a specific place. He built it between Bethel and Ai. And the reason why that is significant, when you study what Bethel means, the house of God and Ai means, it literally means the trash heap or the dump. Or we could say the world is what it is typical of. He built an altar between him and the world. Uh, a memorial, if you will, that I'm not going back to that. I've turned away from that. I've committed myself to following God. And I'm not going past this point back in to the things of the world. A very significant memorial and I could preach about that tonight how it's so important that you build an altar and you make a commitment to God and uh, you have a place where you have made up your mind. I'm not retreating from this point but I have made up my mind and set my heart towards the things of God and I want God to continue to take me forward and give me all that he has promised me just like he did the father of the faithful Abraham. And then you can read in Genesis chapter 28 about Jacob after leaving uh, because of the quarrel that was between he and Esau after the death of Isaac. He flees for his life and he goes out of the wilderness and it's nightfall. The sun is setting and he arranges some stones and the Bible tells us that he made for himself out of these stones a pillow. I don't imagine that was too comfortable. And I get the feeling that the idea was is not for it to be comfortable. In fact, sometimes you have to afflict yourself. Sometimes you got to remind yourself, amen, that this flesh has gotten too comfortable. This flesh has gotten too used to some things. And if need be, I'll lay my head on a stone, as it were. But I want to hear from God. I I need to hear the voice of the Lord. And so while he was there that night, the Bible said he had a dream. And he saw angels ascending and descending upon a ladder that was reaching into the heavens. I think that's significant in itself because the Scripture does not say that they descended and then ascended. But it said that they were ascending and descending, which is typical of prayer and how prayer works. As we open up our heart to God and begin to pour ourselves out to the Lord, and our prayers reach the heavens. Amen. The scripture tells me that God begins to work and the heavens are open. And God begins to pour out upon us and answer our prayers. And there was a man by the name of Jacob that had a very desperate situation here. He needed to hear from God. And when he awoke from this dream, the Bible said he took those stones that he was sleeping upon, those stones that he had used as a pillow that night, and he erected them as a memorial and he poured oil upon them. And he made this statement. He said, Surely the Lord was in this place But I knew it not. We've often ridiculed him and pointed our finger at him. And we've rebuked him for saying if he would have been sensitive. He was so carnal. He didn't recognize that the Lord was there. But I tend to think that what he really meant was this. If I had known as desperate as I was to hear from God that God was in this place. I'd have got here a whole lot sooner than I did. Surely the Lord was in this place. And I didn't know it. Praise God. Aren't you thankful that God visits us? And that memorial serves to you and I as a reminder that it does not matter how alone that you feel that God will be there and God will hear your prayer and God will respond to your cry. That memorial stands stands uh, as, a, as a reminder to everyone that is in this room that if you want to connect with God, you may feel all alone. You may feel by yourself. But there's one that can hear you and there is one that can respond to you and answer your prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then how could we forget one of the more significant uh, memorials that was built in The Old Testament in Joshua chapter number 4, you know how that the children after the passing of Moses and Joshua taking the leadership of the people of God, how that they sent spies over to the promised land and spied upon uh, the city of Jericho. And then they were admonished by the Lord to pass over the Jordan and God gave them very specific instructions how that they were to pass over the Jordan. The priests were to put the ark upon their shoulders and bear it. And they would go before the people. And the people would stay back a certain space. And they would go and when the feet, when the sole of their feet, the scripture says, touched the brim of the water and the Jordan was in flood stage at this particular time, when it touched the brim of that water, just the very surface of the water, then that flood tide, that river, it would be piled upon heaps, upon heaps, and uh, the current would be abated, and the children of God could cross over. Many of them, millions of them strong, passing over into uh, the Promised Land, and the Scripture says that the priest would stand in the midst of the Jordan, and then they were instructed where the priest' foot stood firm. You take from that place, you take some stones, twelve of them, each one representing the twelve tribes of Israel, and you take them on the other side, and you build them up as a memorial. And so when future generations and your children ask, what is the significance of these stones? And you can tell them about the miracle that took place here. But I think it's very significant that it says to take these stones from where the priest's feet stood firm in the Jordan. I'm going to tell you where a man of God takes a stand You can always reach down to the riverbank, amen, and you can get a blessing from that and you can receive victory from that and strength from that, amen. It's through that that we can be blessed in our life and God can work in our life. And this memorial uh, stands as a place that we need to remember that God is always, no matter how insurmountable that that lies ahead of us is, he is able to make a way where there seemeth to be no way at all. He's able to unlock every door. He's able to provide when we need provision. He's able to heal when we need healing. He is able to give deliverance when we need deliverance. He's able to give breakthrough when we need breakthroughs. Anybody believe what I'm preaching here tonight? <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. You know that there was certain times when, when people would put up things or there was memorials. We could read in, in 1 Samuel chapter number 7 about how that Samuel at a particular place where there was victory over the Philistines, how that Samuel erected a monument and he said, we're going to call this place Ebenezer, meaning hitherto the Lord hath helped us. We had an army that we were confronting that outnumbered us, that was greater than us, was more equipped than we were, and yet because of God and His help and because of Him intervening for us, we were able to obtain the victory. I'm going to tell you... He wanted the people of God to remember that it wasn't you and it wasn't by your arm of strength or your flesh or your ingenuity that was able to bring the victory, but it was because God intervened. Hitherto the Lord hath helped us. I'm going to tell you, every once in a while, we need to be reminded of that fact and we need to praise God that we're where we're at today. We're in the truth. We have, uh, amen, the Holy Ghost. We've been delivered from sin, amen, no longer a drug addict, no longer an alcoholic, no longer depressed no longer amen, in in this chaotic world of sin and bound and chained in our minds, but we're here free from all of that, why? because hitherto the Lord has helped us everybody needs an Ebenezer in their life, everybody in this place ought to remember where God has brought you from and what God has done for you. Am I preaching anybody that God has healed? Am I preaching anybody here tonight that God has set free? Am I preaching any folks in this house that is filled with the Holy Ghost? Is there anybody under the sound of my voice that has answered your prayers? That has moved in your life? Hitherto the Lord hath helped us. When you get a victory, you need to make a monument. When you get a victory, you need to lay something up so that you can remember that victory by it. Amen. We see that even with the life of David after one of his greatest victories and deliverance for the people of God, Israel, over the Philistines and the giant Goliath that was oppressing them and all of them were so fearful and afraid of. God took this little shepherd boy who was submitted and obedient to him and anointed him to slay that giant. And I will not belabor you with that story, but you know how that he cut that giant's head off with the giant's own sword. And he took that sword and he placed it in the house of the Lord. And it was there for a space of time wrapped in a linen ephod. And there came a time in his life later on where he needed he needed some inspiration. He needed some encouragement. He needed some strength. He needed a spiritual boost, as it were. And when that time came, and, and he was fleeing for his life from Saul, who was very jealous of him, he went down to Nob, to the house of God, and he said to the priest that was there, He said, I'm hungry. I need something to eat. And I'm going to tell you, the house of God is a good place to go when you need spiritual food. It's a good place to go when you need bread to strengthen you in a spiritual way. And it was there that he was able to receive the show bread. And he ate of it. And it was really not lawful. But we see here that God honored the hunger and the desire of a man by the name of David. I'm going to tell you something. If you're hungry for God, God will make provisions for you. If you're hungry for God, nothing can inhibit you or hold you back. There may be some things that traditionally stand in your way otherwise. But if you get hungry for God, you can break through those barriers of tradition. Amen. I said you can break through those things that hold you back and you can get victory in your life. And the Bible said that he asked of the priest. He said, is there a sword? Is there a weapon? I, I need something to defend myself with. And he said, There is no sword here, save the sword of Goliath, whom thou slew. And note what he said. He said, Bring it to me. He said, For there is none like it. Amen. I could see something swelling up in the heart of David when he took that sword in his hand. It reminded him of a past victory in his life. And though he was in the midst of Though there were some disappointing situations that were going on currently in his life, when he took hold of that sword, he said, You know what? I think I can make it. I think we're going to have victory. I think it's going to be all right. Amen. And that was a memorial to him. Amen. That he had laid up in the house of God. I'm going to tell some folks in this place tonight you need to get you some victories around this altar. So on some dark days, you can remember right here. Is where God delivered me. Right here is where God answered some prayers for me. Right here is where God came through for me. Amen. Praise God. You need to make some holy memories in the house of God. You need to make a connection with God that you can go back to and touch every once in a while. And receive strength from. Amen. But it's not only the Old Testament. It's not only the Old Testament that we see memorials in. We also see memorials in the New Testament. In fact, in Mark chapter number 14 and verse 9, uh, the Bible tells us that there was this little lady, uninvited, really intrusive, that made her way into Simon the leper's house. And though Simon the leper, it doesn't seem like he's too desperate for the things of God, even though he desperately needs healing, And he's facing death in the eyes. And yet there is this lady who was not really even invited to be there. And she comes into that room. And she takes a spikenard of ointment that was very precious, the Bible says. And uh, some have said that it would cost as much as a year's wages. And the scripture says that she had been saving it for this moment. And the Bible tells us uh, that she anointed him with it. Uh, and she washed her fe- his feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. And the scripture says that there were those in the room that had indignation the in their heart. They begin to ridicule, they begin to mock. God help the person that mocks others' worship. God help the person that mocks other people's sincerity and desperation for the things of God. Maybe you've not been in a desperate place. Maybe you've not had to seek God with all of your heart. Maybe, maybe it's all been good for you up until this point, but you better not say too. Too much, too soon. Because you might find yourself in a place where you're so desperate to get a hold of God. And she was desperate to get a hold of the Lord. And, and uh, she, was, she was hungry for something to break in her life. And there were those that said, you know what? She should not have done this. This should have been sold and given to the poor. But he said, verily I say unto you, Wheresoever this gospel shall be preached... Throughout all the world, this also that she hath done shall be spoken of for a memorial of her. Notice what it says. Wherever the gospel's preached, this that she is doing now is going to continue to be a memorial for her. So there's a link that is being made here. The Lord is making a connection here that we need to understand and grasp and get a revelation of here tonight that giving is always connected to the kingdom of God going forward. Giving is always connected to the gospel and it being able to be spread throughout the world. Giving is always connected to revival, if you want to say it that way. Amen. And he said this that she has done. She came in here and she gave all that she had. Everything she poured it out. She didn't hold anything in reserve because she was so Desperate to receive whatever it was that I had in store for her. And because she didn't hold anything back... It's going to be spoken to her wherever the gospel's preached. She's building up a memorial. This is going to be a special thing that people are going to remember, not in this generation only, but in generations to come. And here we are some 2,000 years later, and we're still preaching about this lady's worship because it built up a memorial that cannot be ignored. I'm going to tell you, when you get hungry for God, when you get thirsty for the things of the Lord, your worship, amen your willingness to pour yourself out your willingness to go a little further than you've ever gone before and do a little bit more than you've ever done before your willingness to put something extra into it amen that is going to be spoken as a memorial for you amen God's going to look at that and say I cannot forget them when it comes time for blessing I see what they've done I see the memorial that they've built with their commitment, with their giving, with their worship by pouring themselves out when it comes time to answer prayers, when it comes time to give a miracle when it comes time to pour my spirit out, when it comes time for me to give revival I'm going to look down upon the people that have given their best and given their all they went beyond the call of duty they went beyond what others asked them to do, they went beyond what was norm, what was status quo what the standard was and they made up their mind I'm building up a memorial brick upon brick amen, stone upon stone God you can't forget me I need you to move in my life come on let's lift up our voices to him right now let's give him praise right now hallelujah hallelujah you see You see, for the furtherance of the gospel, it was not only preaching, but it was somebody that was willing to give that was able to further the gospel. You know, people that like to cook, uh, uh, they got little secret recipes. And it's not that the ingredients, it's not the ingredients is, is, is something that nobody else can get. I mean, you know, pasta is just pasta, but it's all in the sauce. It's all in the, the sauce, they say. I mean, you know, they got some little, what did you put in here? Well, that's, that's, that, that's just something I keep to myself because that's my secret. That's my secret sauce. And, and I, I've known men to, to make special seasoning uh, to put on meat and certain sauces to dip their steak in. And you try to get the recipe for it. Man, that's good. Well, that's that's my secret sauce and and I can't tell you. It's not it's not that they 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 have something that nobody else has. It's just that they know uh where to apply it and they know how to connect it with other things and they know the right amount to put in it. And so it's a combination. It's a little bit of this and and it's a little bit of this over here. You know, and it makes everything just taste and it gives it a whole lot better flavor. I mean, you know gumbo's good all by itself but it's even better if you got some rice right amen i mean who would ever think of eating gumbo without rice and i know that we're in the days of carbohydrate diets and all that kind of stuff. And, and sometimes you got to do what you got to do. But anyhow, if you're going to eat gumbo, bless God, just go ahead and break down and get you a scoop of ice, or rice in there. Not ice. Get you a scoop of rice in there. And then if you really want to make it better, and this will really blow up your uh, your diet, just get you some uh, uh, potato salad and put it on top of all of that. Oh, yeah, there's some real Cajuns in this place. Amen. First time I saw that, I thought, my goodness, what in the world are they doing? Putting that potato salad on top of that. Uh, but, I mean, it tastes pretty good. It tastes pretty good. Amen. And... uh you know, there's other things like that. You you get a steak and you get some sauteed mushrooms on top. If you're not a fan of mushrooms, you get shrimp on top of it. And maybe maybe I mean I'm gonna make somebody hungry here tonight. But it, you know, steak's good all by itself and shrimp's good all by itself. Uh, but it's something about getting them together. It even makes it a little bit better. And it's something to be remembered. And it's something you'll go back and say, man, I don't know how you did that, but the seasoning on that was awesome. And that was good. It was it was putting a combination of things together. Sometimes we prayed and we've agonized over certain things in our life. And it was as if God put it in my heart today. And last night, uh, let's go a little further than that. Uh, Prayer is powerful all by itself. And I could spend the rest of the evening talking about the necessity of prayer and the importance. And I'm going to continue preaching about the importance of prayer. How God responds to prayer. And I know that there's time that when we pray and prayer stands alone and by itself and it's powerful by itself. That God answers our prayer, that God responds to our prayers, that God hears us and and works in our prayers. Uh, there's different types of prayer that is prayed. There's the prayer of faith, and and uh, there, there's the prayer that we pray that we need God and His hand of provision in our life. And there's prayer that we pray for deliverance, and there's prayers that we pray for God's guidance, and answers to come to us and direction to be shown to us and God answers those prayers and God works in those situations. And then there's this subject of giving and giving. We know the principle of giving and there's other offerings that we give to God that uh, stand alone and by themselves. It's powerful all by itself when a saint of God gets the revelation of tithing and giving their tithe to the Lord. That's a powerful thing and your life uh, is enriched because of it. It's blessed because of it. Uh, When you learn the concept of that. But when you go a little further and you get a little bit more revelation, you understand that you know what? Uh, Tithe, that's my first fruits. I owe that to God. But I'm going to give some offering to the Lord. And you begin to give your offering. Then you begin to see even more blessing come as a result of that. And great things begin to occur as a result of that. And how many knows, and you have been blessed because of faithfulness in giving over the years uh, there's been people right here in this church uh, that has given themselves and committed themselves to giving you you've, you signed on and said I'm committed to this and you've been consistent and I've watched uh, blessings just I mean just begin to mount up and things begin to happen that uh, literally advance that person and put them further down the road spiritually because of their willingness to give I've seen miracles in this church even recently with people where they were willing to, uh, to give of themselves and and go a little further than expected and do a little more than than what the status quo was in this particular area, and God bless them. There's times that we give uh, sacrificially. We give of our living, in other words. it It's going to take something out of us to do that. It's going to require that we do without something maybe that we're used to having in order for us to make that sacrificial gift. and God honors that God blesses that we've seen it time and time again we give uh, sometimes just out of abundance because God is blessed we just give a continual offering to him because of his blessings and we give to missions and we give to other purposes we give revival offerings we give as we're moved on but what God has been stirring my heart about here in this church uh, Amen, is that we that are That have been praying and seeking God and I know there's people here you've been praying and you're saying God what's going to unlock this door? What's going to see this prayer answered? What is it that's going to bring this to pass? Is there some key? Is there some combination? Is there some way that we could see the breakthrough? We could see the prayer answered. It seems like I've been praying about this and it's locked down and it hasn't happened and it hasn't taken place he <laughs> I'm going to preach to you and I feel in the Holy Ghost the Lord has laid upon my heart uh, that is going to unlock some doors uh, in some people's prayers uh, and you're going to see miracles. Uh, Come on, write it down. You call it prophecy. You call it whatever you want to call it. Uh, You're going to see prayers answered. Uh, You're going to see specific needs met. Uh, You're going to see doors open. You're going to see things settled. Uh, You're going to see people that you've been praying for change their attitude and their spirit as result of what I'm preaching tonight because we're going to get a hold of a winning combination we're not just going to pray about it amen but we're going to mix some faith we're going to put some arms with it as it were and say God I'm going to build up a memorial because I don't want you to forget me when it comes time for blessing when it comes time for revival when it comes time for the move of God I want you to be able to bless I want you to to see that there's some things that I put out on the table. Amen. Praise the Lord. Isn't that what the Lord said? He said, if you, you know, if anybody would come, He said, you can come to my table and sup with me. He said, and uh, and if whatever you offer, he said, I'll receive it. I'll take it. You 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 put it out there. You give me worship. You give me prayer. You give me faith. You you give me desire. You give me fervency. I'll take it. I'll sup with you. But when it's all said and done, he said, we're not stopping there. It's not just me supping with you. But he said, I'll allow you to suck with me. Hallelujah. I'm gonna give back to you. I'm gonna pour back upon you. You've given me faith. You've given me prayers of commitment. You've given me consecration. You've given me dedication. You've sold out to me. You sit down at the table and you poured your heart out to me. Now I'm gonna let you suck from the things that I place on the table. I'm gonna let you eat of the blessings that I I bestow upon you. I'm going to serve you a few things. You've given me faith. I'm going to give you some miracles. You've given me consecration. I'm going to give you some blessings. You've been asking for some things. I am in turn going to pour them out upon your life. That's right. That's right. That's right. Does anybody want some doors to be unlocked here tonight? Amen. This is Bible that I'm preaching. This is Bible that I'm preaching. Amen. He said, whatever you give. Amen. He said, in in judgment, when you give, judgment, that's the judgment that you can expect back. And then he relates it to giving. And he said, when you give, he said, it's going to be given back to you. Shaken down, pressed together, and running over. But it's initiated when you give when you give when you pour yourself out I'm going to tell you something friends worship is more than just raising your hands worship is more than just lifting your voice worship is more honey than just singing the songs but worship sometimes requires sacrifice worship requires uh, that you put something on the altar and say God I need you to give me a breakthrough I need you to open this door for me I tried and I fumbled with it in my flesh and I tried to get it open on my own and I can't seem to get through it but you hear me in the Holy Ghost as I preach as bold as I know how to preach that door will open I said that door will open if you will Be obedient to the word of God tonight. Hallelujah. Come on. Let's lift up our voices to him. Let's give praise unto him right now. Cornelius, you've been praying. I'm going to tell you prayer is powerful. But you didn't stop there. You got a little bit more. You got a combination there. You put a little bit more with it. You gave alms. And it got to the point that it built up so high I couldn't overlook it no more. And Notice that when this memorial was built, the scripture says that it dispatched an angel down to Cornelius. And Cornelius was told by the angel of the Lord... Don't just go anywhere, to any place, and find any preacher. But I'm telling you, you can go to Joppa. The main Pentecostal preacher is there, Simon Peter. And he's going to preach to you. And he's going to unlock this door for the Gentiles. You know he was the key holder, don't you? You understand that, that Peter had been given the keys and he was going to unlock the door and it was all going to start right here in Acts chapter number 10. So this door that seemed impossible to most, this door that of revival that the church had not broken into as of yet, this door that was going to lead to a sweeping revival that was not going to stop there, but it was going to sweep through the Asian minor and turn cities upside down and... There was going to be thousands strong in those churches. You read about those churches of Ephesus and Corinth. Those were not tiny churches, those were mega churches before there was such thing as mega churches. Big churches. Amen. Huge churches. And that door was unlocked in part because there was a man that was obedient and said, You know what? I'm going to pray and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to pray, but I'm not stopping there. I'm going to be willing to give. I'm going to be willing to give. I'm going to be willing to pour a little bit more on it. Amen. And I'm going to find the combination that would unlock the door here for revival in my home and among my friends. Amen. I'm going to find the combination that's going to unlock and bestow the blessing that we need. And the Bible says that those that were with Simon peter when he went and preached to this man were astonished at what was happening they saw the holy ghost fall on these as well as it had them and he turned around and said hey we cannot forbid water to these guys they have to be baptized in jesus name just like we were because it's very apparent that the holy ghost has fell on them just like it did us God has no respect to persons, he said. I perceive that, that God is doing something here, but it started with somebody that said, you know, I'm not just gonna stop with what is, what is commanded of me to do. I'm gonna go a step further with it. I'm going to pour myself out I am going to give prayer and alms and I'm going to build a memorial that God would see and that God would respond to I'm going to find that right combination And God when it came time God could not ignore God could not overlook God could not turn a blind eye To Cornelius But he said I can't forget him When it's time to pour my spirit out When it's time to answer prayers When it's time to open doors When it's time for deliverance When it's time for revival That's one person that's got to be included Because he found a combination That brings my Blessing. He found a combination that brings uh, my spirit's approval. He found a combination, uh, amen, that would unlock the door spiritually to a whole world of people. I'm telling you, there's some things that God wants to do right here in this place tonight. It will open up our hearts to it and say, God, I'm not just going to stop uh, at a certain point. Uh, but I know there must be something else that I could add to this that would bring about a a revival in my life. Would you stand with me right now and raise your hands to the Lord. Come on folks, let's lift up our voices to him. It was a fellow I knew, or I know, that the story that testimony he has fits what I'm preaching about here tonight. He was starting a church in a small uh, setting. He was actually, he had taken a church and it just had a handful of people, and he was actually living in the basement of the church. He and his wife and children. And uh, he was praying for revival, preaching and working and doing everything he could to build up the church. And there was a man that stopped by the church one day and asked him, he said, would you be willing to teach me the Word of God? He said, I don't know a lot about it. I know some, but I I need it. I I desire it, and I'm hungry. And uh, he said, yes. He said, okay. He said, the only time I have available is and he gave him a weekday I don't remember what day of the week it was but he said it's before I go to work and he said it's like 7 o'clock in the morning would you be willing to do that and he said yeah I'll do it he said I'm wanting to build the church wanting to do whatever I have to do I know it's not typical time that you teach Bible study but I'll do it and so he said the first Bible study that man came he taught him the end of the Bible study he said he left an envelope there And he said uh, I, I got I got some prayer requests in there He said uh, I want you to help me pray Would you help me preach or pray this week about these things He said I sure will He said I didn't even open the envelope He said it was still early He said I, I'll be honest I'd, I'd, I'd preached the night before And he said I just went back and got in bed And laid down for a little while longer And he said finally when I got up He said I went in there and I took hold of that envelope And I opened it up And he said, there was a check that fell out. And he said, in fact, it was a significant amount of money. And it was going to help provide for the needs of our family. And and some things we were desperately in need of. He said, but I began to read that on there. And he said, he related, connected to Acts chapter 10. Where Cornelius was... Praying and giving alms. And he said, I've been praying about getting right with God. He said, in in need of understanding the truth. He said, I was recently diagnosed with cancer. And he said, it's very serious. They tell me it's terminal. He said, and I'm just going to do what I can. He said, I don't know if this is how you do it, but I just read this. And he said, "I'm, I'm giving an offering. And I'm praying and I need you to help me to pray. And so they kept teaching the Bible. So finally it got to the point where the man was in the hospital. And the man was growing sicker and sicker. And it uh, didn't look like there was much hope. Doctors had pretty much given up. And he called the preacher and he said, would you come by and pray for me? And he said, I felt something. I felt something. Uh, just a, a check in my spirit that something was going to happen. And he said, I'm coming to pray and God's going to work in this. And he said, I just had a boldness come over me that I don't normally have. And he said, I walked into that hospital room and I prayed with that man. I said, I'm believing God's going to touch you and heal you. And he said, it didn't happen just like that that he jumped up out of the bed. But he said he just started getting better from that day. And he said he was about down to nothing because of chemo treatments and all that kind of stuff. And and it just wasn't much... Uh, longer for him to live didn't look like but he suddenly started gaining weight and his hair came back and his color came back and, and he got dismissed from the hospital uh, a little while after that and then he went home and started getting better and improving like like what I was just talking about and, and his hair started growing back and color came back to his face started gaining his weight back and uh, and now many years later that preacher told me that he he, he's he's still healed and God's still using him and God still blessed him but this was a man that said, I've been fumbling with the door for healing. I've been trying to find a way to get this door open. I've been knocking on it through prayer. But i decided, preacher, that if it worked for Cornelius, it has to work for me. I don't even really know about Cornelius all that much. I need somebody to explain to me more about this. But it is read where this man prayed and gave alms. and God dispatched an angel and God worked a miracle in his life. And if he could do it for a man on the East Coast, he could do it for somebody in this place right now. So we didn't receive an offering tonight. And I'm not putting any pressure on. Not at all. Matter of fact, if all you want to give is what you've already decided to give, that's fine with me, but I want you to do one extra thing. On the back of that envelope... We're going to put these offering plates up here that those ushers would bring them down. And we're going to have some pens here. And I don't want you to get specific. I'm not asking for details. I'm not going to read these. This is between you and God. And you can make it as general as you'd like to. But if there is something, when you give this tonight, when you give this tonight, I want you to write on the back of that what it is that you want God to do. And we're giving with expectation. You say, well, that's really not right. No, that's biblical. The Bible tells me there was a lady that gave a cake to a prophet because he commanded her to give it first. And she was giving it in full expectation that if I give this, that something's going to come back that's going to cause me and my son to survive this famine. You're going to make a way for me. Hallelujah. So what we're going to do is we're going to give with expectation and faith tonight. We're going to do it a little bit different. We're going to not stop praying about these things. That would be remiss. We're not going to stop praying about what we want God to do. But we're going to add something to it. And I, I made an offering tonight. Of course, I got what I'd normally do every week here. There's an amount of giving that I give to the Lord every week. Just a set amount that we give our tithe and our temple offering and our missions and in other things. But I said, God, tonight I'm going above and beyond. And I wrote some things down inside this envelope that I want God to do for our family and for me and prayers that I've been praying. I know This is different, but I just wonder if you would indulge this preacher tonight for something he feels the Lord has laid upon his heart.